Hey everyone, uh, we had a little technical difficulties during the service yesterday, and so uh, the following pieces have been recorded since, and we hope that you enjoy them. There'll be a wonderful call to worship from Pam, some lovely poetry, and then my sermon on the journey together. Again, hope you're having a great start to your week and that you enjoy this service from Sunday. As a child, my family mostly just stayed home, much like I'm doing now. But as an adult, I discovered that I love to travel. I feel myself expand in the process. I grow in my worldview. I'm awed by natural wonders, exposed to different cultures, and I learn so much. My trip to Kenya last fall was a perfect example. Well, those experiences are on hold for now. But in thinking about this service and reflecting on the spiritual journeys that were shared last month, I realized that even though I'm primarily in my home, as I was as a child, I'm on a journey, a spiritual and emotional journey that involves challenges and opportunities. A trip I've certainly never taken before and one that I may not have chosen, but that can be meaningful. I have grown in the last few months in empathy for others, in appreciation for everything that my home provides me. My technological skills have grown, whether that was something I wanted or not. My world has expanded with the awareness of changes that need to take place in my community and what my part could be in affecting those changes. I've also recognized the tremendous value and importance of connections. And I'm finding new ways to open my life and share my journey with others. A great example was UUCCI's Snack Attack Initiative. We were paired with a young family that we didn't know well. What a great socially distanced afternoon we spent together. The children were just a delight and we had a great time sitting on the porch playing a new game. I now have a new connection that warms my heart. And I saw what families with young children deal with during these strange times. I truly feel that we as a congregation are doing a good job at maintaining, and in some cases, expanding our sense of community. We keep hearing that we're all in this together. Well, we are. I'm re I really want to make the most of this journey we're on, and I'm glad I'm on it with you. I cannot claim to still the storm that has seized you. Cannot calm the waves that wash through your soul, that break against your fierce and aching heart. But I will wade into these waters, will stand with you in this storm, will say peace to you in the waves, peace to you in the winds, peace to you in every moment that finds you still within the storm. But we have only begun to love the earth. We have only begun to imagine the fullness of life. How could we tire of hope? So much is in bud. How can desire fail? We have only begun to imagine justice and mercy, only begun to envision how it might be to live as siblings with beast and flower, not as oppressors. Surely our river cannot already be hastening into the sea of non-being. 
Surely it cannot drag in the silt all that is innocent. Not yet, not yet. There is too much broken that must be mended. Too much hurt we have done each other that cannot yet be forgiven. We have only begun to know the power that is in us if we join our solitudes in the communion of struggle. So much is unfolding that must complete its gesture. So much is in bud. When I started serving as your minister, now more than three years ago, and geez, how time flies, your interim minister, the Reverend Mary Moore, who helped with your transition to a new settled ministry, to a new minister, wrote a monthly column which she titled, On the Journey. Now new to the congregation and still rather wet behind the ears, I went along with this title for my monthly reflection in the newsletter, which I am sure you each read word for word in its entirety, right? Well, anyway, this title, while inherited, came to feel like the perfect reminder, month after month, that we are indeed on the journey. Thankfully, we choose to meet this life not in isolation, but in community, and thus we are not merely on the journey, but we are on the journey together. And perhaps no greater a time in recent memory has this sense of togetherness felt like a blessing than it does right now through this catastrophic global pandemic we are facing. Being together in this life takes on new meaning right now. The longing we have for one another to not just see each other, but to be with one another in person, this is a strong pull on my heart and perhaps on yours too. And this fall, we will find more ways to be together safely, outdoors in small groups, along with a whole bunch of other offerings we will hold online. But I just want to name up front that it's not the same. It just isn't. But we persevere and we stay on the journey together. During this month of August, we are exploring during our Sunday services the theme of wonder. And in case you were wondering that whether this is some clever ploy to get a chance to keep bringing up my love of imagination and Harold and its purple crayon, I assure you, this is not that. Although, of course, imagination and wonder do go hand in hand. No, today and over the next couple weeks, we are taking wonder apart and hopefully finding truth and meaning within it that can help us during this particularly stormy time in our lives. Today, I am focusing on the journey itself and particularly what it means to journey together. I wonder where and how our journey will lead us throughout this year. I wonder what is to be learned along the way, not just the knowledge or facts, but what wisdom and growth is possible this year. I believe that one of the signs of our vitality as a community, especially during this pandemic, has been our relentless desire to learn together and be open to what may emerge from this learning. 
I want to reflect this morning on the journey we are on together by engaging in conversation with one of our stated ends of the congregation. For those who do not know, or who do not remember, or who are newer, as a congregation we have stated eight ends towards which we are moving and seeking to make ever more real in our lives over the next five years. Our eight ends statements keep us focused on the differences we are trying to make in this lifetime. And our second end statement, the one I hope to reflect on this morning, states that as individuals, as a congregation, and in the wider world, we support each other as Unitarian Universalists in our lifelong journey for truth and meaning. We have stated that we will support each other as you use in our lifelong journey for truth and meaning. So that is the end, that is where we are moving towards. And so to get there, we must ask, by what means will we travel toward this end? How will we get there? I think we answer these questions by first analyzing and interpreting what this end really means. Like if we dig beneath the surface of this aspirational statement that we support each other as Unitarian Universalists in our lifelong journey for truth and meaning, what will we find? Almost a year ago now, along with wisdom and insight from staff and key lay leaders, I submitted an interpretation of these ends to the Board of Trustees. These interpretations were essentially our working definitions if you will, are answers to the big question, why? Why are these our ends? And I want to share the interpretation of this second end in its entirety with you now. Quote, at UUCCI, we believe we are all lifelong learners. From birth to death, we are on a journey for truth and meaning, and we choose with gratitude to take that journey with others. Truth and meaning is not dictated nor singular within our community, but rather it emerges organically and with integrity in the mind and heart of every person. Our support of one another is grounded in both humility and encouragement, recognizing that truth and meaning may look very different for everyone. And so in learning and growing together, our journeys are more meaningful and well-traveled." This interpretation to me sounds even more relevant today as we try to learn how to live with meaning during and through a pandemic of this magnitude. This emphasis on lifelong learning feels even more appropriate when we consider all that we do not know all that is a mystery, all that is beyond our senses. And so we claim and are claimed by a call to be lifelong learners. Lifelong learning, religious education, adult programming, faith development, religious formation, personal transformation, intellectual pursuits, spiritual practice, self-reflection, growth, together till death do us part. We claim to be lifelong learners and we are claimed by that call to remain on this journey of life together. I wonder, what do you hope to learn this year? 
how do you best learn in the first place? Do you learn best alone or with others? Do you like the written word or do you learn best from videos or being outdoors in nature? I wonder, what will we learn this year? I'll tell you something if you tell me. This year I want to learn how to let go. Not to let go of my values or those I care about, the people, my family and friends and the communities I'm involved with like UUCCI, but to let go of the path itself. I want to learn how to be ever more committed to who I am with on the journey rather than the journey itself. Because I alone cannot shape the journey. I alone cannot pave the path, but I can choose to be in relationship with you all and with my family and friends wherever that journey may be leading us. When I learn to let go and just be authentically with myself and others, it seems natural that the journey follows suit and continues on. I wonder, what do you hope to learn this year? I encourage you to write what you hope to learn somewhere in a book, uh, in a notebook, or write it on a piece of paper and share it with someone. Share it with someone during coffee hour or in the next time you meet with them, with a family member, a spouse, a friend. If you feel comfortable sharing, I think we will all do better on this journey ahead. I want to go back first, though, uh, for a moment to our second end statement and explain a little more about what happens after we have our working definition and interpretation in place for it. After definition, we are invited to consider the means by which we will achieve these ends. That follows, that falls upon all of us, all of you, the staff and lay leaders and myself as your minister. We together consider this end, while considering this end are invited to imagine and wonder, to wonder how we can journey towards it. And so we create programs, we create ministry teams and initiatives in many different manifestations and formats to help us to do this. We try something, we take risks, we try to meet each other wherever we are on the journey and hope it makes a difference, a real difference in our lives. So one of the initiatives we are starting this fall actually begins sort of right now. It's a program we are calling GeoClusters. And no, it's not the newest game following on the heels of Warcraft or Minecraft or Roblox GeoClusters coming to you in 2020. No, GeoClusters is a humble UUCCI initiative that may help us. It may provide us with some structure to fulfill our longing to support each other as Unitarian Universalists and our lifelong journey for truth and meaning. Let me explain briefly what GeoClusters are and how you can engage with this initiative. GeoClusters emerged from two realities. The first is that we are a regional congregation 
in that we serve multiple counties in South Central Indiana. This gathering this morning is a diverse cross-section of our region that stretches up to Indianapolis and down to Seymour from Western Bartholomew, Western Brown County even, all the way to Jennings County. This gathering is diverse regionally and it even has far-flung folks, like my folks from Wisconsin or some of the Fisher family from across the country that call in, and others too. And so because we serve a geographically diverse population, it is important to consider how our programs and ministry can best serve our differing needs. The second reality which invited the creation of geoclusters is the pandemic itself. During this pandemic, our lives have been a lot more geographically isolating and limiting. We aren't able to travel as much and be together in person the way we would like. And so where we live is a very defining part of how we live and hope to find meaning during this time. And thank God or whoever or whatever for Zoom for helping us to connect our regional congregation. But as I said earlier, it just isn't the same. And so that's where hopefully geoclusters can offer some help to nurture relationships safely and manageably throughout this year to come. And what does the name geoclusters even mean? Well, thanks for asking. Geoclusters is a shorthand for geographic clusters. Clusters of what, you ask? Well, clusters of families and individuals and couples. Clusters of our members and friends who live in seven distinct geographic areas that we serve. Each of us live in a geocluster with other individuals and families, whether we know it or not. And this program aims to helping you all connect and learn and grow together this year. This program is facilitated by about 20 people, 20 of you, in our congregation who are scattered across the seven geoclusters. These wonderful volunteers are called GeoPoints, which stands for Geographic Points of Contact. Feels a little like Mad Men with all of these catchy terms. Well, the GeoPoints are people who want to help us stay connected on this journey before us. So whether you live up north or down south, you live out west or downtown, northeast, southeast, or right up there on the north side, I'm excited to work with our GeoPoints to begin making a way out of no way, to facilitate gatherings that are safe and outdoors and in-person gatherings that may be during the day or on the weekend, gatherings that might be good for families and kids, some that may work better for folks who are retired, and some gatherings that might be safer to hold on Zoom. All of us need not suffer on the journey, knowing now and always that we travel it not alone, but together. The GeoCluster initiative will help us to remember this fact. We are not alone. And together we have so much to learn from one another this year, so many relationships that we can nurture, that can offer us meaning and opportunities for growth. In the next few weeks, you may be contacted by a representative of your geocluster. 
They might reach out and say something like, hey, I'm blah, 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 and I live on the north side of Columbus, and I'm hoping to see if some of us north siders might want to have a safe, physically distant picnic in September sometime, perhaps at Parkside. I was wondering if you would want to come to that gathering with me, or something like that. Though, uh, through these gatherings, through this program, we may be able to reduce our sense of isolation and distance from one another and bring that wonderful feeling of being together, being really together, of supporting each other back into each of our hearts this fall. Jan Richardson reminds us what I think we all know, especially during this pandemic. She writes, I cannot claim to still the storm that has seized you, cannot calm the waves that wash through your soul that break against your fierce and aching heart, but I will wade. I will wade into these waters, will stand with you in this storm, will say peace to you in the waves, peace to you in the winds, peace to you in every moment that finds you still within the storm. I wonder... Where will our journey take us this year? I do believe, wherever it leads, whatever we learn together as individuals and as a community, it will be beautiful. It will be tender, life-affirming, and I do hope life-sustaining. As we continue on the journey, together. May we let go of the things we cannot know just yet. May we hold true to the things we know and feel deep within our hearts. And may we find increased wisdom to know the difference. May it be so, my friends, and amen.